Well, happy first Wednesday, everybody. How we doing tonight? Glad to have you here. Midlothian, I want to look in the back of the room and uh, welcome the chapel in Richmond and Scott's edition. Well, we've been singing and worshiping in this room. We've been having first Wednesday at the chapel in Richmond in Scott's edition. Come on, Midlothian, let's welcome Scott's edition. Come on, let's welcome them. We love you guys. Love what God's doing in the city and what God's doing in our church, one church in a couple different locations, and so excited about what God's doing, and Happy New Year. How's everybody feeling today? Good? And uh, we had we had all these Christmas services. Man, um, I just want to honor our band and teams and hot chocolate, and come on, Christmas, and how many know if you do Christmas 11 times, we can do better than that. Come on, let's give it up for our worship team. Musicians, you guys are awesome. So we kind of had a Sabbath to catch our breath, and I don't know about you, I missed you, and I'm so glad to be back together, and so glad what God's doing. And let me just remind you, this Sunday we launched something huge in our church. We had two big things happening this Sunday, and that is we're having a mega growth track because we missed the first Sunday. So if you want to get connected, you're kicking the tires around here, want to get connected, meet some of our leaders. One of our favorite things to do is connect with people at Growth Track. It's where we share the vision of our church. We get to hear your story, and you can get two steps smushed together in one this Sunday only. So if you if you like to make a good, you get a good deal this Sunday, come on, you got it. And uh, so we'd love to have you uh, not only at Mega Growth Track, but then this Sunday we launch what we call 21 Days of Prayer. And let me just tell you what that is. And that is that uh, every morning at 7 a.m. we'll do prayer online and live in person in Midlothian. And then on Saturday mornings, we let everybody sleep a little more. We do it at 9 a.m. We're going to do that live the 9 a.m. prayer uh, in person in Midlothian and live in person in Scott's Edition as well. And so they're just people who literally, I've known people that rearrange their work and do, I'm just telling you there's something about setting aside a rhythm of praying. And we know it doesn't work for everybody, but we love to be together and launch 21 days of prayer. And then in January, we do fasting too. How many could, could push back a little from the table? Come on, after... Christmas. I mean, that's not exactly why we do it, but it doesn't hurt. And uh, and so you just uh, be praying. We'll talk about that this weekend, but 21 days of prayer. We think it's the engine of our church. We want to be a church, we call it, that prays first, that puts God first. And so we launched that this weekend. And you should have gotten this little card. If you just take this out uh, th- this first Wednesday with me and hold it in your hand. One of my favorite things is just says, I'm believing God for. And one of my favorite things to happen every day at 7 a.m., is to watch chapel people pick up these cards and pray over our needs day after day after day after day. And, and so we don't, we don't just meet to pray out of ritual. We actually believe God answers prayer, don't we? He hears our prayer. He invites us into communication with him and he answers our prayer. So I make you this promise as, as a pastor that if you write down your prayer needs, it'll probably get prayed for 50 times, 100 times, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I'm believing that not only are people gonna write down prayer uh, cards and stories, I believe that God's gonna, how many know God's gonna answer prayer? And so if you would just do that for us, write those down. You can drop them at next step or leave them right on the stage or you can drop them with your offering in the boxes in the back as well. And then all next week, we just wanna cover our prayer needs. You can write your name on it. You can leave it anonymous, whatever you want. But I think all of us have something we're believing God for, and we'd love to partner with you. Well, it's uh, 2023, and we're so honored to have um, Pastor Travis Jones with us, and let me tell you about him. Uh, His wife, where are the women that were at Women's Night, okay? That was 
Pastor Brittany, his wife, so he did good marrying her. And uh, he's got a high bar to hit tonight after the word that she brought uh, our church in November. But Pastor Travis leads a great church in our city called Motivation Church that he launched and planted. And God's using in incredible ways. And not only is he a local pastor in our city, but he uh, serves as a leader on a, at a, of a network called CMN, which literally helps train church planners all over the country. He not only pastors a church, but invests in training and giving his life into planning with couples that train to start brand new churches. And so in the middle of everything they got going on to start their year, um, he's made time to bring us a word from God. And I'm so honored that you do that, Travis. We're so honored. Chap, would you help me welcome Pastor Travis Jones as he comes to bring God's word. What's up, Chapel? Come on, y'all. Hey, I just want to real quick uh, thank God for this house and thank God. How many people know this, this place right here? I was telling your pastor that what's happening at the chapel is different and is special. What God is doing in this place to have this many people. Uh, on a Wednesday night is absolutely incredible. You know, my church is, uh, my, my, my church, I mean, we, we love doing first Wednesday, but it don't look like this, y'all. Come on, somebody. And uh, I want to let you know that you got some amazing leaders, uh, pastor, your amazing pastors. And uh, actually, I went to school with Pastor Joel, um, and uh, he and I went to school together, and uh, he was dating Bridget, his now wife, long distance, and we always thought that he was lying about his girlfriend. <laughs> So praise God that you're not lying, my brother. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> and your pastor, I can't tell you about Pastor Brandon and his wife and just who, what they are and what they mean to us. You don't know this. Uh, when we uh, originally moved into our building, we took over our old big lots and we did a full renovation when our church was only six months old and it was way too big of a project for a church of our age, but we did it anyways. And your pastor sent us to check uh, to uh, send, uh, help out with the whole uh, process of the build out uh, that we had to do. And we had just ran out of money. We had no money at all. <clears throat> You're going to really clap after this. So we ran out of money. And uh, we had just laid the carpet. We had just brought the chairs and all that stuff. But one thing that I forgot to do was buy bathroom stalls. <clears throat> so not only were we a church without walls, but we're a church without stalls, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, chapel pay for the bathroom stalls, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> uh, so... Thank you so much for being a leader in our city. Thank you so much for being a pastor that not only just care about this local place, but you care about the church of Richmond. And uh, just so grateful for this house. Uh, I tell you, every time you serve, every time you give, uh, you're not just giving to this church, but you're giving through this church. And it's making a difference all around this area. So thank you so much uh, for having me. It is truly an honor uh, to be here today. Uh, I, I, I count it a choice privilege uh, to be in the house of God in your very first service. Uh, of the year, and I just really believe the Lord has got to lay the uh, word on my heart um, to share with you all uh, regarding how we start this year. I, I want to I pick it up to uh, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 14, 
and read through uh, verse 21. So this is a prayer that the Apostle Paul, who has started this church years back, uh, this is a church in Ephesus. Ephesus is one of the, the greatest cities of that time. It was a metropolis. It was, it was, it was happening. It was lots of going on, lots of trades happening. It was a port city. It was a city in which it was busy. It was booming. It was growing. And, uh, and the Apostle Paul, he planted a church in this city, and as he was writing a letter to them to instruct them on how to continue on the ministry, in the middle of the book, as he's giving them theology and giving them kind of uh, exhortations and encouraging them, he says, hey, I am praying this prayer over you. And as you enter into this season of prayer and fasting, I just thought that I remind you of the prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus, that I really believe that the Lord is praying over us and that we should pray over our church and our families. Amen. And in Ephesians chapter three, verse 14, it says this, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I also pray that you be rooted and established in love and may have the power together to do all, to do all the things that God has called you to do. I like verse 19 says this, and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge, that it may be filled to the measures of all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we can ask or Imagine, according to his power that is at work within you, to him be the glory in the church and the Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a prayer I want to have, y'all. Come on. Uh, essentially, what he's saying is three things. Number one, he's saying that, God, I just pray that they may, like this year, may 2023 be the year that they may grow deep in their relationship with Jesus. How, how many people know that if you want to have the best year of your life, you need to have the best year with Jesus? And, and, and one of the things I love with this prayer, this prayer is an invitation for us to go a little bit deeper with, with the Lord, a little bit more intimacy with Jesus, a little bit more prayer, a little bit more reading the word, a little bit more giving, a little bit more serving. Like, can, can this year be the year you take a step forward and deeper with your walk with God? And then he also says, hey, not only do I want you to get deep and, 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 and get some foundation in your life, but then I want you to, to do it together so that you can know the love of God. He, he pretty much says that it's the unity of the church that will give you an insight of what God's love looks like. And as we head into a political year, a political season, come on, how many people know that the church needs to be united more than ever before? And it's almost like Paul is saying here in this text is that you won't know the fullness of who God is and his love for your life without you being connected to somebody. So this is why small groups and, and church attendance and, and being in the community of the saints is so important because you will not have a full view of what God's love over your life without you being connected with somebody. But then he ends the prayer by saying this, 
hey, by the way, I'm going to pray that God blows your mind, that you learn how to expect the unexpected, that God will surprise you in every moment of your life. God will begin to give you miracles this year that you didn't even pray for. God will begin to do healings in your life that you didn't even pray for. There will be breakthroughs. People that have been addicted for years will be set free this year. People will be reached for God. Lost sons and daughters will come back home. This will be the year that God blows your mind. That's what Paul kind of ended his prayer on. Like, may God do just way beyond what you can think that he can do. And that's a prayer that I, I just want to pray over myself and over my family and over my church all the time. But what I want to do real quick is kind of give you an insight of maybe that prayer lived out. I want to go to a gospel story real quick to use as an addendum to the text today as we see how this, this, this prayer that Paul prayed is lived out in the life of Jesus. John chapter 2, the first miracle that Jesus ever does. John chapter 3, uh, John chapter 2, verse 2 says this, On the third day of the wedding took place at, at Cana in Galilee. And did you, did you notice that? that? Like the wedding lasted three days? Come on, somebody. Now that's a wedding, y'all. <laughs> and it says that Jesus' mothers were there. And it is Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, referring to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, there's no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Now, just real quick, if Jesus was black, that's how we know Jesus wasn't black. <laughs> because if I call my mama a woman, come on, somebody. <laughs> Travis Jones died at age six. <laughs> anyway, it says, why, why do you involve me? It says, then, then Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. And, and nearby stood six stone jars of water, the kind used for the Jews' ceremonial washing, and each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled him to the brim. And he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realize where it came from. And though the servants who drew the water knew where it came from. And then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine later. After the guests have had too many drinks. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? So like... You bring, like, the middle light. You Come on, somebody. The, the MD-2020. Like, you know, I, I don't know what that is. Just ask Pastor Joel, okay? He knows what that is. <laughs> and then you bring the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you bring the good stuff first, and, and then the, the cheap stuff last. But now they, they brought the good stuff last, the master says. And, 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 and then, the, the, then he says this, and Jesus did here in Cana was the first sign through which his glory would be revealed to his disciples and everybody who believed in him. Now, in this story here is a, an interesting story and in, in how this connects with the Ephesians prayer that Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus is this, is that if we, if you and I want to see a miracle in 2023, if you want to see God move in your life, if you want to see God move on behalf of those things that you're believing God for in this new year, 
Can I tell you, you have to be a participator of the miracle that God wants to do in your life today. It, it, it's, 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 he, he says, Jesus says to the servants, servants, hey, you have one job, and that is to fill the jars with water. It's, it's almost like he's saying, hey, I need you to, to do your part, then I'll do my part. It's almost like when we do our small part of, of being obedient to the Lord and serving him and giving unto him and worshiping him, when we do our part, that's when God comes and does his big part in your life today. I, I really believe that there are, there are six type of waters that God wants us to pour in the jars of our lives. The first bottle of water that I believe that God is calling us to pour out for the miracle of God and the blessing of the Lord to follow us is the bottle of obedience. Can we talk about obedience real quick, everybody? I know we don't like talking about obedience now in today's culture. I know today is all about seeker friendly. Let's be nice. Let's sing kumbaya and let's come to church and let's all feel comfortable. But can I tell you, if you want to see God move in your life, it needs to be preceded by a life of obedience. And it's not that your perfection would move the hand of God, but it is your submission to God's ways and God's plan that will move the hand of God in your life today. Can I tell you, if you really want God to, if you want to see a miracle of God in your life, it starts with a little bit of obedience today. It starts with you saying to God, God, I trust your plan more than I trust my plan. God, I'm going to do relationships your way, not my way. I'm going to do marriage your way, not my way. I'm going to do parenting your way. Not what my teenager thinks should be way. Like he, he, he's what 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 what, I, what, I, what 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 Jesus said to the people with the service was go fill the bottle, the jars of water. And here's what I recognize: it was a sense of obedience that these servants had. That is the reason why they saw a miracle of God before their eyes. Jesus says, "Go fill the bottles, the jars of water," and they did it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you today, that obedience is never wasted in your life. Obedience to the Lord, to follow his word. And sometimes, like some of us say, you know what, I want to be more obedient to the Lord, but I don't even know what he's saying. And this is why we read our word. This is why we come to church and hear from the, the, the man of God and the woman of God. Here's why. Because we want to hear God's word so much in our lives so that we can apply it. And the more you apply God's word and obey God's word, the more you set yourself up for a miracle of God to move in your life. And guess what? We don't, we don't, get, we don't be, obey God to get good. We obey God because it is good. And so it's not like the, the miracle is motivating the obedience it is the person who called out the command in which why we literally serve and, and worship him. And I, can I tell you right now, God is such a worthy God to be obeyed. He is so worthy. And these servants heard Jesus say, go fill the jars of water. Can I tell you right now, God is calling all of us to be people of obedience. So I have these bottles of water here representing this. And I have this jar. And I really believe this. If you want to see God move, it starts with obedience. It starts with you following God's ways, following God's plans, following God's word. Just a little bit of obedience today in this year.
Because you, because I think a prayer that we all should pray is ask God, God, is there anything in my life that I'm not obeying you to do? Maybe, maybe it's the way you handle finances. Maybe it's the way that you, the, the, the way you do parenting or you do relationships or maybe at work and coworkers. Is there any area in your life that you're not being submitted and obedient to the Lord in? And not only do I believe that the bottle of obedience will lead to your miracle, but also the water of faith. The water of faith. I believe this, that, that, that it's, it's, it's our faith in God and in his process that connects to point one that really calls the miracle of God to work in our lives. You see, like all he's asking for, at least a little bit of water. I don't know about you. So I grew up, um, and on Saturdays, my mom would make pancakes for us. And I used to love eating some pancakes and living in Miami, Florida. And my, my mom would have, it, have us take all the ingredients out, get the flour out, get the, get the sugar out, get the eggs out, get the milk out. And the kitchen would go, would be crazy, but we're flipping our pancakes. Man, it was such a good time. But nowadays, especially over the Christmas break, I love the new type of pancakes, right? Come on, somebody. Because on the bottom, all it says is just add, come on, just add a little bit of water. Come on, somebody. Come on, anybody thank God for the just add water, y'all? Come on. And in, in these new type of pancakes, you don't need, the, the, the factory has already factored in the eggs, the, the milk, and the sugar. All you need to do is add a little water. And I believe this, that the factory in heaven has already factored in all the other stuff. All you got to add is a little bit of obedience and maybe a little bit of faith today. You see, faith is not your belief in the promise of God. Faith is you believing in the process to get to the promise of God. You see, like, Daydreaming is hoping that you can get a million dollars in your account. Faith is you having a budget and following it every single week. You see the difference? You see, there's a difference between you believing God and you really having faith in God because your faith not backed up with action is just daydreaming unto the Lord. And, and, and cool, you can daydream and you can believe God. And I love this time of the year because people love to believe God. In fact, me too. I love the new year. I love believing God for new things. I love believing God for new mercies and new blessings and new miracles. But if my belief is not backed up with action, that, which is faith, then my belief is it's just daydreaming and belief, especially in church. You know, I, I, I grew up going to watch night service and come on, somebody, the watch night service. I mean, they will have church. I mean, it, it'll be all night long. And, you know, and my church is, you know, you know 65% African-American. They always come to me, Pastor, are we going to have watch night service? I'm like, no, I, I'm tired. I'm tired at 9 o'clock, so we're not. <laughs> Never having watch night service. But I remember growing up, and I mean, if you didn't play the tambourine that night, you're going to play the tambourine. Come on, somebody. The flags come waving out. And everybody, declaration, believe in God. 2007, the year we go to heaven. 2008, when we all be late. I mean, there's all these different things for the different 2000s and, and all this stuff. But if it's not backed up with a lifestyle of consistency and discipline and following God's process for your life, then it will only be a daydream. Can I tell you, faith is you following God's process. Somebody came to me, Pastor, I want to have the greatest financial year of my life. And I said, well, if this would be the greatest financial year of your life, this would be the greatest generosity in your life. If you want to have the greatest financial year, you got to have a goal to have the greatest giving year of your life. 
Here's why. Because this is the process that God put us through. So not only do, does God want us to have a little bit of obedience today, but he also wants us to have faith. The faith to believe God in his process, the faith to believe that God works in community, works in groups, works in a local church, works in small groups, works in generosity. The faith to know that God has a process. That is us filling our jars today. And not only does, does God call us to have obedience and have faith, but, my, but, but the, the third point that I want to make to you today is, this, is that God wants us to have the bottle and the water of availability. Can, can I tell you today that he wants you to be available? I mean, I mean, if you're not serving in a local church, I mean, this Sunday is a perfect Sunday for you to come and, and be a part of being available to God. I, I tell people all the time, you have a chance to tell God every single Sunday, God, I'm available for you to use me so I can be a blessing to somebody else. Every time you go to work, it's a perfect time for you to say, God, I'm available for God, for you to use me. And it's so funny how people come to me and say, uh, I feel so used by the church. That's exactly what I want you to feel like. I, I want to tell God that I'm available. Whatever, whenever, however, I'm available to the Lord. Can, can I tell you that? Can, can this year be the year where you say, God, I will be the most available for you to use me than ever before? Can you tell God, God, I will, I will, I will change my schedule. I will change my path. I will, I will change it all so, God, I can tell you I'm available for you to use me. You can use me, God. And that's what God began to do. Is that, that's the miracles and the blessings of God when you are available. I, growing up in sports world, you know, one of the a term that we always hear is that the best ability is availability. Is you telling God, God, I'm, you can use me. I'm, I, you, 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 can, you can count on me of building your kingdom. You can count on me of serving your house. You can count on me of serving my family. You can count on me of being a joy and a light in my dark job. You, you, you can count on me of being a blessing at my school, at my high school, or my middle school. God, Jesus, you can count on me to invite my friends to youth ministry. You can count on me to being involved in small groups. You can count on me on serving the house of God on Sunday mornings. You can count on me of being a, in a blessing and outreach in our city. Lord, you can count on me because I'm going going to be available for you this year. Can, can, can I tell you, it's so imperative that all of us say to God, God, I'm, this year will be the most, the most, I will have the most availability for you, Lord, to use me in a greater way. As the worship team comes up, you go off, can stop playing. I, I was thinking about just how to, how to end this, and I was thinking about just how God uses our availability in such a way. And, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, all the ways that God has used me, God has used you, God has used his church. And, you know, I, I was thinking about just uh, what you guys have out in the front of the church, the new building that you have, the next campaign. And the next campaign is such a, an amazing thing that God is doing. The dirt is being moved your generosity is making it happen. I was just thinking about just uh, these servants. Like the, the Bible says that the servants knew exactly where it came from. Look at that. I measured that right. Come on, somebody. And, and um, I, I like what the scripture says in, in verse 9. 
Verse 9 says, A master of the banquet tasted some of the water, and it had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it came from. And the servants who had drew the water, they, they knew where it came from, though. Right? Because they had been through the process of being obedient, having faith, and being available. Being obedient, having faith, and, and, and being available to the Lord. Being obedient, having faith, and being available to the Lord. So they knew where that water came from. They knew where that wine came from. And it's really interesting because in, in the, the, the text, Jesus is so specific on how choosing this be the, to be his first miracle. Because the Bible says that these are not just normal jars of water. These are the jars of water that was been used for ceremonial washing, which means that these are nasty, bloody, dirty jars of water. It's almost like what, what we see here is when you do your part and God touches it, no matter how dirty it is, it becomes good. It's, it's like when you allow God to, God's hand on your life to, to, to touch your water jars, can I tell you, God would do a great thing in your life. It's like whatever he touches, it turns into best. You want him to bless your marriage? You want to bless marriage? Let him touch your marriage. You, you want blessed finance? Let him touch it. You, you, you want blessed health? Let him, let him touch it. You want a blessed church? Let him touch it. Because whatever he touches, no matter what's the inside the ingredients, God touches things and it becomes the best. I love this because these servants brought this and this was dirty water. And I'm not, some, I'm not sure about some of you and, and where you are in your walk with God or what you're struggling with, what's been burdened in your heart. And I know some of you, you are bringing some dirty water into this year. Some of you, some of you got some, some marriage dirty water. Some of you got some, some, some kid parenting dirty water. Some of you got some financial issues dirty water. Some of you got some addiction dirty water. Some of you got some things in your life that you're bringing into this year that you know about your dirty water. You don't have to pretend here. And I know when we come to church, we put on our best and we make everybody think that our life is all together, but you know what you're struggling with. Can I tell you today? Can I give you a good encouragement? God wants to touch your dirty water. God wants to touch your marriage. God wants to touch your finances. God wants to touch your addiction. God wants to touch your life in such a way because here's why. Because our God specializes in turning dirty things into something better. Notice that this is his first miracle. He's setting the stage of what we just experienced in communion. A God who touches dirty things. And some of you feel like your water is untouchable. Can I tell you today, God wants to have his hand in your life. And if you want to overflow in your life, just allow his hand to get into your life. Notice, right now, this is a normal jar of water. But when I put my hand into it, it overflows. Can I tell you right now, when you allow the hand of God to be dipped into your life, come on somebody, what is a normal life? 
what is a normal student, what is a normal parent, a normal marriage. God will have overflow in your life today. Amen, somebody? Come on, can we stand to our feet and give God a hand clap of praise today? Come on, can we thank our God that he's the God of overflow, that he wants to touch every part of your life? that he wants to touch every area of your life. Nothing is untouchable for our God. Nothing is off limits for our God. Come on, would you lift your hands right now? Come on, tell God that you're bringing your water this year. I'm bringing the water of obedience. I'm bringing the water of faith. I'm bringing the water of availability. I'm going to be available to God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to have faith in God. Come on, somebody. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your voices right now. Call out to the Lord. Give him all your praise right now. Come on, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. God, we are available for you. We will obey you. We repent, Father. Father, we come into your life right now, and God, we're asking for your hand to touch us like never before. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's worship the God together. Come on, let's worship him.